0: Caught offside with Andrew Gunling and JJ Devaney. Oh yes, caught offside. From an undisclosed location in the Jersey Shore, from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York. An emergency podcast. Andrew Gunling, JJ Devaney. What's up, brother?
1: Andrew, it's uh, it's appropriate for me to do the cheesy radio start to this. So, if you'll allow me to segue into it. Uh, with this, it's pretty hot on the streets of New York right now, but the only place it's hotter is in the transfer market in Europe. That's the sizzle noise.
0: Boy, I wish you, I wish you told me we were doing this. I would have had a whole bunch of local news anchor lines ready to go.
1: Can you believe it? 12 years after he left Manchester United, Cristiano Ronaldo is back at
0: Manchester United. Um. I, I well, that's a good question. I don't know if you meant it rhetorically, but I'll actually answer it. Um, I can't believe it, right? Because because I, I don't know. I just kind of thought, especially in this window, after Sancho and Varane, uh, with what United have, with what we have been led to believe, you know, their their financial situation is not. They're not Man City. They're not PSG. So. They've got a lot of money. Of course, uh, they do, but like they don't have infinite money.
1: No, they're in that they're in that elite spot, but they're not in the infinite money spot, which is occupied by Chelsea, Manchester City, and PSG. But it's amazing to me. Uh, we spoke just a few days ago about the limited amount of places that were possibly available for Cristiano Ronaldo, but somehow it it United can make this work, and it goes to show you that. It really is, in European football right now, a battle between a few clubs that can do this kind of thing.
0: Yeah, that is true. That has probably been true. Maybe that number has, has whittled down a little bit, but that's been true, I'd say, for a, at least a decade. I felt we, like that. I mean, yeah, we, we I, were doing podcasts in the early days of this show seven years ago talking about when, when key players were on the move. We would say, okay, he can only go here, 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 or here. Like, we've known this for some time. The only reason that I... I I'm going to contradict myself a little bit and give two reasons why I I can envision. And now this is reality, why I could see this happening. One Ronaldo has clearly always had a soft spot in his heart for his time at Manchester United, uh, his time with Alex Ferguson, even though Fergie isn't necessarily the guy there anymore. I think it's, it's always occupied kind of this nostalgic place for Ronaldo. And so I think, so, so there's, yeah. So (laughs) we'll talk more about that, but so there's always been like, there was not an ugly breakup there. Uh, things have always been amical between them um, I think he, he treasures his time there and his place in Manchester United's history so uh, so in that sense it's it's conceivable uh, and the other sense that we talked about just a few days ago when we were when we were discussing the Ronaldo rumors and, and thinking that Real Madrid was going to be the landing spot is um, in the end, I think I saw Fabrizio Romano's most recent tweet. I, I don't have all the information on, on the financials of this, but like we had suggested the other day, the transfer fee is not it, it's it's not crazy. I think it's 20 million euros when it's all said and done. Now there's add-on can, fees I, and things like that, but from, from what I read, Fabrizio Romano says it's going to be about 20 million euros guaranteed money with some other possible moves for add-ons, but nothing crazy. Well, I mean, that's that's very manageable. What we don't know yet, at least I don't know, is what, sort of wages he'll be on personally well that's the key andrew it's
1: 20 plus 8 million and uh the 8 million has been reported as being a a extremely extremely uh manageable 8 million meaning it was easy so it will be 28 million when this is all done um the wages is the other thing i mean if if you're looking if you're looking at his salary at juventus was 31 million euros and it absolutely crippled the club in, in the sense of they had so many other areas and we'll, we'll get onto Juventus later and, and where at least them but they had so many other areas of need and they couldn't do it because there was this huge outflow of money uh, toward him. So I don't know what the situation will be with wages that, that, is, that will be key. There are so many questions about this, you know, um, you know, was this, a, was this a signing? Like how much did Manchester city influence this signing of Cristiano Ronaldo? Because, if I look at what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has attempted to do at Manchester United with varying degrees of success, but it is to get younger and it is to have a more dynamic forward line and it is to kind of promote from within. So you've seen Greenwood and you've seen Rashford play. Uh, we saw Martial last weekend, who I know they signed, but whatever, you know. Um, you're talking about a fluid front three, a team that presses, a team that work hard, works hard, augmented by skillful players who can who can unpick the lock, usually on the break, in Bruno Fernandes and in Paul Pogba. And you see Cristiano Ronaldo and you think, how on earth does that fit in to the larger plan? So it makes me think that the the idea, uh, the Glazers, um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, uh, the board of Manchester United, how spooked were they by the fact that this guy could go to the blue half of Manchester? Like, how spooked were they by this? Like, that, that, that this legendary player, and he is a legend at Manchester United. Five years or not, someone tried to convince me yesterday on Twitter that he wasn't.
0: He, he, was only- he won a Ballon d'Or there. He won a Champions League there. He was, uh, he
1: was United's only Ballon d'Or winner um, since George Best. Like, come on. He, he was a brilliant player for them and a legend. Um, and I just wonder, are United buying him out of the potential embarrassment of losing him to City?
0: Well, it can be for more than one reason. I I think that that is, I don't think anyone there would ever admit that maybe 20 years from now, someone would, but I think that it's fair to, I I think rational minds can look at that and think that United would, would want to do something to prevent Ronaldo from going to their biggest rival.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and, and there has been, you know, I'm I'm talking about on the one hand, Solskjaer having a general idea or a, a general idea we've heard of, of how he wants to construct the future of Manchester United and the team currently, there's also, there's been a higgledy-piggledy nature to what they've done as well. There's, you know, they've done things that haven't exactly made a whole lot of sense. You know, they got Cavani. They just snatched Cavani at the right time. Good move. But I mean, there was no really long-term planning in that one either. They signed Donny Bandebeek for 40 million and haven't played him. You know, it's not always been some kind of linear process. And um, yeah, I, it, it's just, <laughs> I don't know how this is going to work can i see him scoring at united yes um but do i think that there were other areas of need urgent areas of need to address Uh, absolutely
0: well let's talk about that so i look everything you're saying it's hard to disagree with um because you're right ronaldo will score goals and that's obviously important it's the most important thing that you can do in the sport but he will not press he will not track back he's going to do what he does he's going to attack headers he's going to you know. He, he's going to be what we saw at Juventus, most likely. I think that will yeah. continue at Manchester United. And, you know, that, that's fine. I mean, that may, be, that may be exactly what they need. But what it might do, it might change other roles. Like, I wonder if other players now will have to pick up more of a defensive slack. And, and the thing I wonder is, like like you said, okay, if we were going to sit here and talk about the thing, you, you said it's not what they needed, but that doesn't mean that it's not necessarily bad. So what was it that they needed? I would say probably a defensive midfielder, right? Correct. But if there's not, you know, a Casemiro, uh, an Angolo Conte, although I don't know he's defensive and attacking, but if there's not a player like that available, yeah, then do you say, okay, well, we're not gonna, we are not going we can not find that. That's not out there right now. So let's just make the decision to just score more goals and hope that maybe whatever defensive shortcomings we have uh, again are, are covered up by that.
1: Again, I hear what you're saying. Um, but I don't I mean this is not club building, this is not constructive building, this is not what we saw at Liverpool, it's not what we've seen at times at Chelsea, and it's certainly not what we've seen at Manchester City. But but um, they
0: need a quick fix. Like I, I hate to say that because I don't typically believe in that, but it's Manchester United, it's that brand, and they've gone a long well, but, time now without right. contending. And but, so if they if if this suddenly becomes available to them. You're right. It's only a two year contract that he's on. And you're right. This does nothing in the way of making them better long term. Absolutely no. not. But if a, if an opportunity presents itself where all of a sudden they just got Varan, they feel good now finally about what they have at, their, at the back four. You know, they feel Pogba is going to stay by all accounts. Bruno Fernandez is emerging as one of the best midfielders in the league. Greenwood is up and coming. Like, they, yeah. there, there is a long-term plan there with some of their guys. And mm. all of a sudden, this opportunity presents itself of one of the greatest goal scorers in the history of this sport is available on a reasonable transfer fee. I could see them being, you know, kind of coming together and having the idea of, you know, our long-term plan is one thing, but sometimes, like, best laid plans have to be thrown out the window when something like this comes about. We haven't won a title in a long time. We haven't contended truly in a long time. This this might be our ticket to do it right now. And and want... I think it does. I I think they are I, I think you look at them now and it's hard for me to sit here and say they are not true title contenders.
1: Yeah. Well I, I'm of the opinion that this this side I mean before Ronaldo was signed, we said it last week. Yeah, we I thought they were already. You're right. They they need to be. Um, certain just on outlay of money alone, but also on the players they've got. They're good enough to be there. Um, but how does this work with like say, you can't tell me that Mason Greenwood is not like probably outside of Jaden Sancho or, you know, one one of their most exciting, their most exciting player. So can player we who could, So how is how is this going to work for him? Like, Andrew, if he's pulled out of the center and uh, like the way I see it is that it's going to be some kind of a three. Right. With Ronaldo playing centrally and Sancho and uh, Greenwood or someone else playing left and right
0: or swapping oversides, being the fluid ones in that three. So can, what is their 11? I was trying to think of it before the show. But it's I, t- change I was texting things. with my he, buddy Berenson about it. We were trying to come up with what they're
1: going to. Well, forget the back four. That's it. We story. know what
0: that is. We De Gea he's going, go, Yeah,
1: he's not changing from that. And he's but he's going to have to. He, is he not going to have to abandon the two? Like this four, two, three, one. He's wedded to having two holding or more more laid back. We call them center center mids. Right? Is that going to have to change now? And how is that going to change? Um, well, let's it, let's go or, through. Or so is it, it going to be a four-two-three-one? I mean, that would be. So, like you said, so we know the four, the two. Let's the say two, it's still McTominay and Fred. McTominay, Fred. Um, one, one of those is injured, um, Nemanja Matić. Then the three, uh, Pogba on one side, but with a free reign. Well, on the left hand side with with a kind of a hey go hey pogba be pogba right um, Bruno. Bruno fernandes and then Ooh, what? right Then what?
0: he there, that's what i was lose. saying I, this is when i was trying to go through their 11 this is the point that i continued to get to Someone and i, I loses was out, andrew yeah whether i mean greenwood the, or at, sancho and, and, and look at the and rashford's not even back yet and like what and cavani i mean you
1: Sorry to cut across you and I keep doing this, but I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah.
0: If you're Marcus Rashford, what
1: happens? Like, what are you even thinking here? I don't know.
0: I mean, look, it's, we say this all the time in the, in the context of a lot of teams, in the context of the U S men, we talk about this, your, your preferred 11 is never going to be there. There's always going to be an injury. There's always going to be, especially now in COVID times. Um, So And Manchester United, we keep talking about what this means for their Premier League title hopes. By the way, they just became Champions League contenders as far as I'm concerned as well. Uh, So they're going to be contending on multiple fronts. They're not just trying to win one trophy here. This is now a team that wants to win multiple. So I I feel a little bit uncomfortable almost using depth as a negative in this situation. It's not. We don't usually view depth in that light. It's just we're only talking about it in this way because it's just hard for us to you envision did. some of these names being rotational players these
1: and- these players were not brought along have not been introduced into the squad are in their minds certainly not to be you know what bench players guys who come off with a 36 year old i was going to say romps around but he doesn't even romp anymore and and we talk about you know what is i what is the dna or the, the i hate the term the philosophy of this side. Well, it's kind of to be defensively good and then hit you on the break with with amazing speed and counterattack. How that I mean, can Ronaldo sustain that? I mean, he's gonna have what? Okay. F- I think f-
0: I think you need to pop the brakes a little five, bit. Five, six bursts per game. But he's not he's not like it's not like we just asked Homer Simpson to come in. Like he's still a physical phenomenon. I mean, like. He, he's not a bum like this is this is yeah, a guy Andrew, who
1: Andrew I'm talking about how the system works he's coming into a team that already has only a vague idea of what it do, of what it is as a side and we saw that last weekend we saw it in Villarreal we saw it at home to Sheffield United we saw it at home to Liverpool so this is a team that is like still after two and a half three years however long he's being in charge, or Gunnar has been in charge. It's still embryonic in its ideas, and now you're put. Hey, here's Ronaldo, and you and by the way, Andrew, we saw what Ronaldo did at Juventus. Like that team did not get better under him. In fact, by the end, they'd surrendered their supremacy of Serie A, and they were an absolute sh- surefire bet to be knocked out in the Champions League at the quarterfinals, as they were twice. You know, or three times while he was there, I can't remember. So his remember his that.
0: three years there, they went first, first, fourth. Uh, he led them in scoring each of those three years: twenty one goals, yeah. thirty one goals his second year, twenty nine goals last year. He was the uh, the golden boot winner in Serie A. So he he did the things he's supposed to do in terms right. of the Champions League. This is why ultimately his time at Juventus cannot be considered a success uh, because he was brought there to win in Europe and they never went further than the quarterfinals and they only did that once. They went quarterfinals in 19 and then round of 16, round of 16 the last right. two years. Okay. So ultimately that's why um, for what they paid, for what they thought they, w- they would be getting, um, even though he did put in a performance for them that I think was roughly what they thought it would be, can't be, it can't be seen as a success because it did not translate to European success for them. So now the difference is I think, I think the team that he's coming into at Manchester United is better than the team he was at with Juventus. I think maybe, I think so. I think there was a thought at Juventus of this guy can drag us almost by himself to European glory. And that the is awesome. simply at this stage in his career, as great as he is, that is just simply not true. At but Manchester United, could- he's not going to have to do that because I think there's enough talent around him where collectively this team is really, really good.
1: Yeah, and they couldn't make the signings that they really wanted to make while he was there because of the, the absolute wage drain of this guy. Um, yeah, I I was thinking, uh, just going back to formations, if he was willing to abandon having two sitting, uh, holding midfielders, and, and I think what maybe his original thought was when he landed at the club was to have a 4-3-3, then you could have Ronaldo... Uh, central and then like I said put, put like we'll say um, Sancho Greenwood either side of him and then have a three in midfield Your holding midfielder is your problem <laughs> do you want Fred just sat there in the middle and either side of him Pogba and Bruno Fernandez? that's another option I don't know how much I like that option and I think Solskjaer ultimately is would be afraid of that I, I, now the back four has got better the two center halves are better. He could have more confidence that they can be exposed a little bit more than, say, Maguire and Lindelof were. I don't know.
0: I think that that has to be taken into account. I think that they're the fact that they're yeah. stronger now and the fact, too, that I think, you know, whatever we thought of Luke Shaw and Aaron wan two years ago, I think we think more highly of them now as well,
1: two years later. Yeah, uh, I mean, and in that, yeah it it depends I, I don't know i i really don't know listen 20 goals could he score 25 goals would you be shocked not really but would it get united does it necessarily mean united will take that extra step towards winning the premier league i i don't know so are city still better than them i think city are i mean <laughs> i mean Solskjaer has had city's number in 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 the head to head um for the most part, but that doesn't really mean anything else uh, beyond that. Because as you know, Andrew, you, you, you know, like I said, you have to beat the Sheffield United at home and you have to beat Liverpool at home and you have to win other games. Um, I still think City are a, a more rounded squad. I think City have more options. Um, are they? I think they're better. I still think they're better.
0: It feels close to me.
1: Did you did you hear Pep Guardiola today about praising in that? um, I don't know. what It's it's hard to know when he's being sarcastic, but he was um, he was praising Daniel Levy and wishing Harry Kane well for his next few years. And I did see this. He said it's impossible to negotiate with uh, someone who uh, when there's only one team that wants to negotiate. (laughs) So it it sounds as if it was never on. And that didn't um, he
0: also what I what I certainly applied a, a a sarcastic tone to, didn't he refer to Daniel Levy as the master of negotiation tactics? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it seemed very sarcastic, uh, uh, Yeah, especially because I think the tactic here was simply to not negotiate. <laughs> so like, <laughs> yeah. it's easy to be the master of it when you refuse to take part in it, I guess.
1: Yeah. When you're not taking the fo- phone calls from Khaldun El Mubarak, you're just hanging up when you see his number, then it, it makes things more difficult
0: in the end though. I do think like it's weird Manchester city brought in Jack Grealish, which under most measurements would be considered a successful transfer window, but for all the other things that did not break their way during this period and to see their rivals strengthened, not just United with an unbelievable window of Veron Ronaldo and Sancho, but mm-hmm. also Chelsea with Lukaku. Uh, and like you've said, like I, I'm a little more bullish on Grealish providing an immediate impact. Okay, I know you're a little bit slower to to go in on that and kind of more, you're taking more of the he's a long-term signing as opposed to helping them right away. So, so if we go with you on this, then I think we'd have to say the fact that Ronaldo went to their rival, the fact that they put all their eggs in the hurricane basket and got nothing out of it. uh, I would, I think we'd have to say this was, this wound up being a bad, a bad transfer window for Manchester City. Oh, I
1: think that's that's to be that's probably for our jump to conclusions next week, Andrew. Um, but I think where I'm sitting right now, I yeah, I don't know.
0: I don't know. Maybe. I mean, well, how could it? How, just tell me this then. How could it? How could it? For I, I'm saying this almost from your perspective. How how could it not be? Like the only way you could well, think it wasn't is if you believe that Jack Relish helps right away, which you don't think.
1: Well, no, I didn't say that. I um, I, I subscribe to what Guardiola is saying that he is like we have him for x amount of years, and you know our plan for him means that he's going to be integrated over a period of time. It doesn't mean he can't be effective, uh, but this is a club that was trying to get rid of the centre forward position. All last season, like you say, oh, well, where's their center forward? No, I mean,
0: Sergio Aguero hardly played last season. I wonder, so the, is this this thing with the central with the center forward? Is that by choice or is that because of what that's what the personnel grants them? Like I for think, years, they. I mean, Guardiola's, when they Guardiola's, were at their best, it was probably when Aguero was at his best.
1: I mean, they went all the way to the Champions League final last season without without Sergio Aguero being a key, key component to that side. Uh, I I just don't think they I don't think the manager he would have liked to clearly would have liked to got Harry Kane into the club, but he couldn't do it. I don't think the manager will live or die by and and look at this. Look at his praise for I think maybe he was preparing the ground for this last last week when he gave such amazing praise to Gabriel Jesus talking about how his family should be so proud of him and et cetera, et cetera, you know, really kind of over the top kind of stuff. Um, as he builds Gabriel Jesus into that position of of center forward for for Pep Guardiola or maybe not center forward main goal getter rather than center forward because he's not going to p- operate like a normal center forward
0: super sub.
1: Yeah, uh, no, no, no. I, I, I mean, I think he's going to he's going to be starting more games now um, unless something happens. In well, we'll the, see what
0: happens when Phil Foden comes back also.
1: Um, Dale Johnson uh, of ESPN, obviously getting on top of the important things. Premier League rule M.5 clearly states that Edinson Cavani must keep the number seven shirt for the whole season. If Cristiano Ronaldo wants the number seven shirt, Cavani must leave or United must get special dispensation from the Premier League board, which has never before been granted. Stories that Cavani could swap numbers because he hasn't played yet this season are incorrect. Man United have already registered Cavani with the number seven shirt, so it's not vacant for Cristiano Ronaldo. And that he goes on to say how that's different from uh, La Liga, who doesn't finalize their numbers until the end of August. That was
0: important. Thank you.
1: No, it is. Well, CR seven. Um, how? I meant to ask you, how much do you think, considering like? It's unbelievable how quickly football moves and how we kind of forget the tumult of early spring where the world was falling down and Manchester United's owners were literally being, having their property, as they would see it, ransacked by the the visigoths of United support. I mean, they literally got a game, the biggest fixture in English football, they got it called off because of, of their protests. And how much... Would it be playing in when it was presented to the Glazers that, hey, we're going to make this move right now with this amount of wages for this huge player? How much would it play in their mind that was, I, this is a good sop to the supporters. This is throwing them a bone. We're bringing back a club legend here.
0: I'll say this. You ain't going to be seeing any protests outside of that stadium anytime soon.
1: Wow. You think they're that fickle? You think they're that easy to turn on and turn off? Give them a 36-year-old striker and they'll be just fine
0: you think differently
1: no i I definitely think uh, he's not just
0: some 36 year old striker stop doing that
1: yeah yeah he's not he's a club legend you're right and uh i definitely think it played a big role in this as well um ronaldo's goodbye to juventus andrew i'm sure you want to hear that on instagram today i depart from an amazing club the biggest in italy and surely one of the biggest in all of europe I give my heart and soul for Juventus And I'll always love the city of Turin Until my final days The Tifosi Bianconeri Always respected me And I tried to, th- to thank that respect By fighting for them in every game Every season, not this season Every competition, most competitions In the end we can all look back and realise That we achieved great things Not all that we wanted But still, we wore a pretty be- we wrote a pretty beautiful story together I will always be one of you You are now part of my history as I feel that I am part of yours. Italy, Juve, Turin, Tafosi Bancanori, Biancaneri. You'll always be in my heart.
0: By the way, you are a weasel.
1: How am I a weasel?
0: Just the tone in which you choose to read this. Like, why did that need to be? Why did that need to be read in that way? Why could that not have been true? What he said?
1: don't believe any of this. Um, By the way, I I think... um, According to what I've read today, and I've, I've literally downloaded a lot of stuff into my brain. I'm, I'm tired already. He was very, or Jorge Mendez, his agent, was extremely open to a move back to Real Madrid. But um, Madrid were not, not interested.
0: That's Yeah, I mean, we talked about that last week. I don't know if we need to go too deeply back into that again.
1: No. Um, other news, uh, Mbappe to Real Madrid. Dermot Corrigan wrote a really good piece on this in The Athletic, if you can read it. Dermot, who's been on the podcast with us before, he still thinks it's more likely next summer. But there is a mutual love and appreciation between um, Mbappe and Madrid. And Paris is, is laser guided on making this happen. And it makes more sense um, next, next summer. Anyway, uh, Leonardo, the PSG. Well, wait, explain, to...
0: explain why real quick for people who aren't aware.
1: Well, Mbappe for I mean he made a promise to his family as a young player. I mean a ten-year-old almost a child, how he would bring them to the um, bring them to the exclusive seats in the Bernabeu to watch him play someday. That the dream was always that he would play for Real Madrid. He was there as a thirteen-year-old. They came close to signing him before PSG swooped in with that crazy loan deal from Monaco remember that loan deal that made like very how weird is this and then ended up being 180 million uh, euro transfer but Perez has always wanted Mbappe there Mbappe wants to be there and so there's this kind of mutual love going on between the two and
0: well the other big thing if you said it before and and I missed it my apologies his contract is up his contract's up in 22 and it makes
1: it makes perfect sense in the summer to try and go to go and get him and Perez, the,
0: the the idea of him leaving at his age with his talent on a free, I, I can't imagine. I mean, then again, it would be hard. It would have been hard for me to envision Donnarumma leaving on a free, um, coming off of just having been named goalkeeper but of the PS, tournament of the Euros. PSG,
1: but but also PSG, Andrew, like you know, the offer that was made what yesterday they bumped up the offer to one hundred eighty five million or one hundred. I can't remember what it was. Doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter to PSG. You're not if, dealing. If he with, leaves, on,
0: well, you're not does. dealing
1: with. Hey, the profit and loss masters here. They're not bothered about that. It's it's inconsequential.
0: May, call me naive. I would like to think at some point the financial fair play people will come knocking. <laughs> knock knock. Well, then what I, is this? Have you seen? Have you seen The Simpsons? It, it begins
1: one of the shows where Mr. Burns is sat. Uh, Everyone in the nuclear power plant is asleep. It's like it's like two thirty in the afternoon and the nuclear inspectors come along and they knock on the door. And Mr. Burns answers. uh, uh, Mr. Burns, this is a nuclear inspection. What? this isn't a nuclear plant. No, this is Mr. Burns extra chewy golden crisp cookie factory. And they're like, get the get the baton and they break in and they do an inspection and everything's all over the place. Like, do you honestly think financial fair play works like that? They're going to knock on the door. And Nasser Al-Khalifi is going to be there. He's going, what? No, this isn't PSG. Why, this is, this is Mets. We're Mets football club. Oh, a lowly club that has to sell to Tottenham to keep going. Now, what are you talking about? Honestly, they don't care about any of this. They've already taken UEFA to court and won over financial fair play. None of this matters.
0: Well, that's sad and cynical. Look at what City are doing, even. Yeah, no, you're right.
1: But is the next meme from the show, show going to be poor old naive Spursy Andy. Are they going to be over on our reddit talking about naive Spursy Andy? Is that the next thing?
0: Probably. They probably already are. I don't care.
1: Any of the, none of this makes any sense to me whatsoever and I don't I don't believe in it anymore.
0: Um well then I guess we'll have to see. But you're but the general sentiment is that Mbappe probably will not be going anywhere so we will get that year no. of Neymar, Messi, Mbappe. I think so. Uh, Leonardo, the PSG sporting director said this on Wednesday for two years, Madrid have not
1: behaved correctly towards us contacting his camp, unacceptable, not correct, illegal. And the proof of this strategy is to present an offer a week before the transfer window closes with the, um, all the kind of righteous, righteous anger of a man who should know better than that, considering the way they swooped in to get, you know, Neymar will say from Barcelona, um, Another rumor that circulating might as well do it, Andrew. We're all in on the rumors now. Should Mbappe actually go now to Madrid in the next few days? PSG would contact Mino Raiola about swooping for Erling Braut Halland.
0: I guess we'll see. I don't I know. can't offer you anything. on. That. What do we know anymore about anything really? <laughs> uh, before we close out a, a couple of things. Um, it's funny. We didn't even mention Kane announcing that he'd be staying at Tottenham. So that is happening. I saw one report, JJ, of the players that supposedly were being offered to Tottenham for Kane. And it's just like, <laughs> it's hilarious. To It was basically name a player on City. They were yeah. part of the pack. It was like Bernardo Silva, Raheem Sterling, Emmerich, Laporte, Riyad Mahrez. Uh, I'm missing like three others. Uh, it's laughable simply because um, I don't think a single one of those players would have agreed to this swap deal so like what what does it even mean like who how who cares really um yeah but uh so i guess this is this wound up being a a good window for tottenham uh with kane staying that was certainly up in the air for the most of the last several weeks somebody tweeted just before we get off
1: this so, sorry to interrupt um and again i'm fixated with the fact that he's 36 turning 37 in february mm-hmm. um <laughs> Someone tweeted saying, is this the oldest player Manchester United have bought? And um, they had a goalkeeping crisis in, in in spring 2001 and they signed Andy Gorham um, who was playing at Motherwell and he was 36 years of age, but he was about to turn 37 that that April. That immediately. So Andy Gorham uh, is, is older by some months from Cristiano Ronaldo, but it's got to be up there with one of their older signings has to be.
0: So Ronaldo for Manchester United has, he scored 84 goals for them in the premier league next up on that list. So he is, let's see, I'm just looking at it right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seventh all time in United in the premier league. Uh, you know who, who he will likely catch and pass this season, a couple players potentially, but the next one up with 91 goals. Andy Cole. Uh, no, Cole had 93, so he'll, he'll likely catch and pass him as well.
1: Dwight York? No. No. His
0: own manager... Oh, Rude Van, Van Nistelrooy. No, he'll, he could do that too. Van Nistelrooy has 95, but no, his own manager, JJ, with 91 goals, Ole Gunner Solskjaer, <sighs> is next up oh. on that list. They were teammates. Ronaldo provided... They only combined for one goal. In 2006 <laughs> against Reading, Ronaldo provided an assist for Solskjaer.
1: Solskjaer was... That was in towards the end of his time, and he was like really struggling with injuries. Um yeah, yeah by they, by
0: they, by the end of this season Ronaldo will potentially climb up to fourth. He could pass Solskjaer, Cole and Nisselrooy. and ooh. then Paul Scholes has 107 goals. So it would take I mean it, it's These are Premier League goals, correct? Premier League goals, yes. Right. Cuz for United overall he has 118
1: and 292 appearances. This is Premier League. Okay. Yeah. So Interesting. he could
0: so he could catch Skulls and maybe even Ryan Giggs at 109, but it would take it would take a pretty incredible season, I would say, for Ronaldo to to do that just in the Premier League, and then Wayne Rooney obviously is years years away at 183 the, goals.
1: The, the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer nostalgia journey at United just will
0: not end. Like what's next? So I have one more game for you. Is what's next? So can you remember how much? So Ronaldo's last game at Manchester United was the Champions League final defeat to Barcelona. They lost 2-0. Right. How much of the United starting 11 from that day can you remember? Ronaldo is obviously one of them.
1: Van der in goals. That's right. Um, John O'Shea, Rio Ferdinand. Yes, yes. Um, I'm blanking on the fullbacks now. Michael Carrick. Yes. God. Anderson.
0: Very good. I thought that one would be tough. He only played Michael one Carrick,
1: half. Anderson.
0: Cristiano Ronaldo with... Oh, my God. I mean, you're missing probably the most obvious one.
1: Michael Carrick. Uh, Wayne Rooney. There you go. Ryan Giggs.
0: Yeah, you're doing great. John O'Shea. Said it, but yeah. Oh, um, how, how, how short am I? Let's see. You're missing one, two... three Three. oh god
1: oh Oh. (laughs) i'm why am i blanking so hard um uh, i said anderson already okay go on give me the three
0: god let me give you their their countries and then maybe that'll help one of No. no uh one of them is french one of them is korean jisung park yes and one of them is Serbian. Nemanja Matic. Uh, no. Nemanja Vidic. There you go. You're missing the Frenchman. Go on, tell me. But you're right there. You've go got on, just 10 of me. the 11. No. I simply this is won't. not good podcasting, Andrew. Then you know what? It'll have, The answer will wait until the ah, next come podcast. come on. You've, you've got 10 man. of the 11. You're the quitting. Man. I've I given know, you a I'm hint.
1: Ba- I cannot think of the Frenchman. I, my mind is Fall a mush. Fullback. Oh, God, he loves football and he runs around and he now he now he eats raw chicken for for a living, apparently, and does videos. And huh. I can see his face. And uh, and I and I'm blanking on his
0: name. Oh, know. my. Then God. I'll have to help you. Patrice Evra.
1: Patrice Evra. He of eats course. raw chicken. Yeah, he did it on Instagram. He like licked a raw chicken.
0: Huh. And, you know, he goes. So you knew saying, that, oh, but you didn't know his name. Yeah, I know, I know. I, he's not A fascinating I, glimpse into the human mind. I did all right there. No, that was that was great. I'm uh, proud of I you. I just didn't like you know that, you, that you quit at the end when you got when you only needed one more to go. I got frustrated and then I got worried about the quality of radio we were doing. I never worry about that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was that was Ronaldo's last game, the Champions League final. They they United won the league that year, but they uh, they did lose to Barcelona in the, in the Champions League final. Now he's back and gives United maybe their best chance uh, to win the title in years. And um, it's going to be fascinating. This transfer window, we'll have to see what happens with Mbappe, but just the mere fact of both Messi and Ronaldo changing leagues. um, It's, this has been almost, almost unprecedented in terms of just like the significance of players that have moved pretty incredible. And I wonder too, what this means for the premier league and it's like growing dominance over the rest of europe i saw the uefa coefficients were put out yesterday and like the gap is significant between the premier league and la liga um but like this is
1: this is all rather unseemly uh
0: considering how how
1: many clubs like forget about your juventus's clubs down the pyramid in in across all countries including france in the top flight are in serious financial distress and it just goes to show how ring fenced and how um almost padded off from the rest of the footballing world. These clubs are, and it's not good, but what are we going to do? Not talk about it.
0: No. And we'll, I, I hate to say it, but we'll love it. It's not just that we're going to talk about it. We will love it. Just how yeah. it is. Otherwise, yeah. then why, why even watch? Why you be a fan? Like this is supposed to be fun. If you want to be negative about it, I, I get that. But like, allow me to
1: give you a less sexy transfer that I thought was interesting. Thomas Delaney gone to Sevilla from Borussia Dortmund. Hmm.
0: Hmm, okay. Yeah. It's nice to round things off with a normal transfer. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that one's kind of interesting, I guess. He'd been at Borussia Dortmund for quite some time, coming off of good yeah. Euros as well. We should, uh, we should also mention, <laughs> um, again,
1: stuff outside of football just seems to dominate to an unbelievable point. The Champions League draw. Uh, we'll talk about it more next week, but... Um, some interesting, you know, you got Man City and PSG and Leipzig in the uh, Group A. Ridiculous. Did you did yeah. you
0: see by the way the video of Tyler Adams finding out the see, watching the draw in real time? No. Was
1: <laughs> it, it was almost a, it
0: was almost a little too real. Like oh, his really? reaction was that of probably, like sometimes we have in our minds that like. A fan will react one way, like a fan of Leipzig might have seen that and been like, no, come on. Like, this is not right. How can we be in that group that we have no shot? But like you expect players to be like, OK, let's go. Like, I want to take on the best. Tyler Adams video was very much that of a fan. He was not like he was clearly his reaction is so raw. Yeah. Uh, I'm, al- I'm almost surprised that he was willing to let it be put up on social media. Um, but it was pretty funny. I, I really enjoyed it. I watched it you've a got times. You've got
1: all shades of awful in that group. Club Bruges are the only club that people are going to look at and think, ah, oh, you know, with any sense of, oh, this is okay. City, PSG, and Leipzig, like for all different reasons in the same group together. That is the group of eek. Uh, group B, Milan, Atletico Madrid, Liverpool, and Porto. Very tricky group. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about the other groups, but the other the other one that kind of sprung out for me, the other two was uh, Group G with Lille, Salzburg, Sevilla, and Wolfsburg. Very, very... Uh, could be a very evenly matched group, and yeah. uh, Barcelona Atal- and
0: Bayern being put in the same group also was was interesting to me.
1: That that is interesting. Group F: Atalanta, Manchester United, Real, and Young Boys. Um, United having Atalanta, at, at Atalanta away should be a very interesting tie, and also and matched up again with Real, who humiliated them last May.
0: So, yeah. And uh, last but not least, too, obviously, World Cup qualifying starts next week we'll talk about that but uh the 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 squad for the u.s men was released i guess the big news about it is that ricardo pepe did declare for the united states or or i guess he didn't do that but he is on this squad and he released a statement talking about how excited he is to be a part of the u.s men setup and it seems like it's it's gonna be him for the u.s now moving
1: forward yeah the i I don't by the way i'm not doubting his commitment one bit and i don't envisage this happening, but the rules are not the rules anymore. This will not—they're uh, not the same as before. This will not cap him. Right. This next game. So, or the or two after that. But it would, f- um,
0: boy, it would feel particularly shocking. Um, it, I don't think it's going
1: to happen. I think I read a statement. I his statement was lovely, and uh, people should get a should should try and find it. Um, I'm sure usmnt only or one of those yeah Twitter handles will have it. And um, his and story it, of, ju- of, of 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 being a guy who crossed the border and has friend, has family on one side in Mexico and on one side in the United States. And that kind of that heady mix of cultures, um, you know, it's, um, it's as good a reasoning and certainly sat better with me than said, you know, he never came out and did what Declan Rice did, where he said, you know, I've always been, I've always uh, been English. Have you, have you really? Um, whereas Pepe is kind of gives a nod to the complexity of, of identity. And that's, yeah. I, I thought it was very well handled by him.
0: And Pepe converted the winning penalty the other night for, uh, team MLS in the all-star game over Liga MX. He did. And, uh, I was, it was brilliant,
1: really, really good, confident penalty that could have gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he got, came out the right side of it. And, uh, and we had Don Garber on as well at halftime and the halftime show, uh, trying to convince us that. Um, he's not looking to merge League MX and MLS together. He
0: did say it convincingly.
1: Yeah, it was pretty convincing. I'm not sure I fully believe it. And I think the I think I think what he is saying is true though, that they will look to really, really um tie together club competitions between the two nations, like the Campiones and the um CONCACAF Champions League, because clearly there's He's, he's a marketing guy. Let's not pretend he's a football man. He's a marketing guy. And um, the commercial aspect of having more Mexican glims on U.S. teams is, is obvious. Uh,
0: so there you go. An emergency podcast. Cristiano Ronaldo to Manchester United. We'll be back, uh, I guess, with a regular podcast a few days from now, um, looking at the weekend in the European leagues and MLS. And, of course, we'll get you ready for World Cup qualifying. I'm sure we'll be doing... We're we going to be doing emergency pods after the, these World Cup qualifiers.
1: This is absolutely. I mean, okay. what are you talking about?
0: <laughs> we'll of be course. up
1: at like tw- midnight, midnight drinking coffee and talking about, well, should he have played Bellow at fullback in this one? Because that's what we do, Andrew, forever and ever. There's no end. You're on vacation. Two podcasts while you're on vacation. We don't get paid enough for this.
0: Uh, Well, that's certainly true. After having done uh, a (laughs) a podcast uh, on my 10-year anniversary vacation.
1: Unbelievable. You, uh, I mean, there's going to be a statue built outside Manchester City's ground to David Silva and I don't know who the other player is. I'm trying to think. Statue outside of um, the Upper West Side Studio for you. You think so? Oh. 100% 100% you like. and from other ESPN, I'm trying to think of someone from ESPN who works as hard as you. There is.
0: I would like that quite, quite a bit to be Man. deified in that way. <laughs> the, the Andrew
1: Gundling stat. Yeah. Statues are for, I think the, the Manchester city statue thing is weird. Like I, I think it's really weird. Like surely they have to build a statue to someone from way before like, someone who's, like, maybe even passed on. Why? There are rules for this? So you're going to give a statue to a player that was bought uh, during the new money era? I,
0: I, it doesn't feel right. The Eagles won the Super Bowl, and basically the next day, there was a statue of Nick Foles and Doug Peterson outside of Lincoln Financial Field. Like, Was no a really? rule. Yeah. It's a, it's, the, it's a statue of them in the, their, like, on-field meeting before, calling the Philly special. That's what the statue is of. It's like, like falls next to Peterson in that moment where falls looks at him and says, you want Philly Philly. So yeah, who cares? And if it's what year, the fans want, then yeah, do it. I, I,
1: I mean, Colin Bell died this year, a legend of Manchester city from the, like the seventies and eighties. Anyway,
0: if it makes fans happy, if it's a player they loved, uh, then go ahead. Sean,
1: Sean Golter should have a statue.
0: Give them all give Roque Santa Cruz one too. I don't care. <laughs> All right. This was fun, my friend. We'll be back next week. I'm going to go back to being with my family now on vacation. You go do whatever it is that you're doing over there up in Brooklyn. Uh, I enjoyed this quite a bit. To you, I say. Check you later, fun boy. See ya. Take care. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast.